Well, hello, Heritage. Want to welcome you to week four of Bold Moves, a conversation where we've just been talking about the vision for our church and the reality that we all face crossroad moments. And we've been using the story of the Israelites and their journey to the promised land to help us understand how what we do in those moments matters. And if you missed any of this conversation, you got to go to heritageqc.com and under the media tab, catch up on what you missed. But today is a bit of a different day. It's a time of consecration as we seek to position ourselves to wholeheartedly follow God. And there are several key elements of this gathering that will help us do that. We're going to take time in communion, some time of extended prayer, a consecration moment, and a key takeaway moment, which I'm excited about all of it, and I can't wait to see how God continues to move among his people today. But it was last week that I shared my heart around the Jeremiah 29, verse 7 passage. It says, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. And it's a great reminder that we as the church, collectively and individually, bear responsibility for the welfare of our communities. We've talked about it before as it's not enough that our hearts are different, our cities should be as well. And that's true. But that requires the people of God being willing to look at their neighborhoods and cities the way God sees them. And if we're content to have our church flourish while our cities do not, something's wrong. If we can separate ourselves from the suffering of our neighbor, something's wrong. To sit in proximity to brokenness and not work to move it towards something better means we're not living as the people God wants us to be. The prosperity of our communities and our prosperity are linked. We're to seek the welfare of our cities. We're to pray for it. Maybe it'll help to think about it this way, and this is your first fill-in if you're tracking in the note guide, that the kingdom of God is not a matter of profit and loss, but forfeit and gain. It's not a matter of profit and loss, but forfeit and gain. It's not about what we can get for ourselves, but what we can give for his glory. It's not profit, loss. It's it's forfeit and gain. It's what we release to him and what we see gained in the kingdom. And how we handle crossroad moments actually defines whether we're living for profit and loss or forfeit and gain, living for the kingdom or not. In fact, at crossroad moments, we really only have four options to how we respond. In a crossroad moment, we can turn and and go off on our own and do it our own way and our own strength and in some way try to perform to a degree that we earn something on our own. We could also turn and head off to follow the things of the world and and people of the world and, and think that the world will provide what we need. A third option is to actually go back the way we came. Because it's familiar, it's known, and we choose our own comfort rather than what could be. Yet God calls us to boldly step forward with him and to risk into seen and unseen realities, to let go of what is, to embrace what can be. And most of us are one bold move away from a breakthrough, but we miss that breakthrough unless we choose to step boldly with him. Unless we let go of what is for what can be. I want to go back to the conversation around the Israelites for a few moments. If you've got a Bible, I'd love for you to grab it and turn or click to Joshua chapter 3. It's in the Old Testament. Most of the scriptures are in your note guide and also be here on the screen. But we're at a point in the journey where the people of God have the opportunity to take a bold step of obedience based on the promise of God. It's their second opportunity to do that. And all they need to do 
is consecrate themselves and obey. But there is a sequence to the order of obedience. In fact, Joshua says in verse, or excuse me, Lord says to Joshua in verse 8, he says to Joshua, he says, hey, tell the priests to head to the Jordan River. When they get to the Jordan River, they get to the edge, tell them to go stand in the middle of the Jordan. Now, it's kind of interesting, intriguing instructions, but also daunting because the Jordan River is flooded at this point. And as people who live along the Mississippi, we understand what it means when you speak of a flooded river. It's beautiful, but it's powerful. It's daunting and precarious. Yet the people of God in this moment understood that the kingdom of God is not about profit and loss, but forfeit and gain. The willingness to release and risk with God. And so they go. They actually do. And this is where we're picking it up in Joshua chapter 3, starting with verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge. Their feet what? Oh, come on now. Their feet what? Touched. Just touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing. This is a phenomenal moment. It's the moment where now meets the next. It's the moment where great risk and great obedience intersect with great provision. Where the promise of God is revealed in the provision of God through the bold moves and bold risks of his people. There is a breakthrough moment right here in this moment for the people of God because they were willing to step Step in obedience. And once again, we see that God removes great obstacles through simple obedience. And what literally happens is that the water of the Jordan is pulled back a great distance away, Scripture says, probably like 20 miles away. It was cut off from all the way to the north, all the way down south to the Dead Sea. And in that moment, this is what happens next in verse 17. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. What kind of ground? Dry ground. There's an absolute reality to God's provision in response to our obedience. It was dry ground. While all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. This moment is defining It's significant. It's the now to next reality. It's a breakthrough moment where the promise of God is realized in the obedience of his people because they made a bold move. A bold move. Anytime we want to move from now to next will require a bold move. Moving from now to next always requires that bold move action. Whatever whatever now you're in and whatever next is ahead of you, it will require a bold move of obedience for you to realize that next. A bold move of obedience to God to experience the next. Moving from now to next requires the bold moves of his people. And whatever you're facing, whatever challenge, whatever issue, it will require you to make a bold move of obedience to get the breakthrough. And that moment came for the people of God right here as we're reading. This now to next moment, they chose bold obedience. And then God gives more instructions. He he goes to Joshua and he says, Joshua, hey, get 12 men, one from each of the tribes, and send them into the Jordan River. Tell them to pick up stones right from where the priests stood and then carry them out and keep them with you because I'm going to use them as a marker. I'm going to use them as a memorial, a marker of your obedience and my faithfulness, your willingness willingness to risk and my response. 
And so Joshua does exactly that. He, he gathers these guys up, these 12 guys, and he says to them as we continue on, he says to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And the Israelites do, just as Joshua directed. This crossroad moment would define a people for generations to come. Their willingness to risk, to step into full obedience, changed everything. And it reminds us today that God doesn't call us into half-hearted commitment. He never invites us into trivial things. He never does. God calls us to real sacrifice. He calls us to real sacrifice. He calls us to bold obedience, to real risk, very real sacrifice, where it costs us something, where it costs us our comfort, into places that may be marked by great discomfort, by, by pain, by loss, or circumstances that require forgiveness and grace. He leads us and calls us to real sacrifice, but it's always for great purpose. Always for great purpose. He never wastes hardship. The desert journey and wandering of the Israelites was not wasted. God used that time to prepare his people to do exactly what they're doing at this point in the story. To make a bold move of obedience. To go from wandering to conquering. God calls his people to real sacrifice for great purpose. And as a church, we're on the verge of our own new day. We're at the edge of our own Jordan River with multiple bold move opportunities in front of us. In fact, we've been talking about it and looking at it in the, in the form of a wheel, a number of different new places and, and new bridges of Second Gap Ministry and just multiple expressions in our cities and into our region. In fact, what not long ago was three specific initiatives in two locations has through our bold moves of the past positioned us on the verge of experiencing nine new realities, nine significant investment, investments across our cities and into our region. Bold moves. All of them anchored in the reality that God is calling us to be a catalyst of a regional movement. And in part of those nine realities is this, is this idea of a regional hub, a hub to be the center of this movement. And we believe that hub can, can take place in a location like this, the, the former Kone building. And so part of this vision involves the acquisition and repurposing of that facility to serve as the regional hub, to be a center of a number of things, but four things in particular. A center of prayer or intercession, a center of multiplication, we're multiplying disciples, leaders, and churches. A center of reconciliation, we're addressing the broken things of our world and the systems of our world and the injustices of our world, as well as a center of collaboration where we're doing it in partnership. This is not just about us. It will involve other organizations and other churches. But God is asking Heritage to go first, to make the bold move, to be courageous, to choose faith over fear, to really want more for people than from people. And ultimately to set aside our comfort for gain in the kingdom. 
It's exciting, but it's big. And we believe this next season, it'll take about four to five million dollars to live into all nine realities. And I realize if you're a guest with us today or you're a Heritage family member who missed the last three weeks, this is a lot of information. It feels overwhelming, but hang on. All I'm asking you to do is begin to pray. Because we've been praying for weeks. And I ask you to begin to pray and get online and check out the information that's there to get caught up on what you have missed along the journey. Start to hear what God's asking you to do because that's all that we're doing. Talking to him, try to hear him and obey him. And, and God has called us to big, bold moves before. The launch of the Bettendorf campus is one. The acquisition of the Erickson School Building to become the Esperanza Center is another. The move from the brick building in Moline to the Rock Island Fitness Center here. Each of those are bold moves where God has asked us to step before and he's shown up and been faithful every time in that. And this next season may feel like the biggest, but it's not too big for God. In fact, he would later say this himself in Jeremiah. He said, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? And the answer is a resounding no, not at all. And the immensity of this vision, the scale and scope of it is, is further indication that this is God and not us. It was the same reality for the Israelites. The first time they faced this immense, immense bold move in front of them, they chose what they could do. But the second time, they chose what only God could do, and they make a bold move. And that changed everything. Look, I want to take a moment, and I want to give you an opportunity to hear from one of our Heritage family members who, just to hear how they've been processing this vision and the opportunity to make a bold move. Check this out. I had the opportunity to hear from the leadership team I don't know the leadership team personally, um, so it was just neat to hear their experience through it. And probably the key part was just um, how unanimous everyone was on the vision. You could really just sense that God was on the move. During the final moments of that night, um, I was, of course, praying along with the group, and um, it was during that time that God put a financial amount um, on my heart which was the first time God had connected with me in this journey about that. So when we were done praying, I quick wrote that down because um, it was a big number. So I'm like, I, I better write this number down. And um, from there, I took that back home and talked to Molly about everything that was going on. And uh, she had been praying. And as we had that direct conversation, she shared with me a number as well. And um, of course, when she shared it, it was uh, the same number told her, Molly, uh, check this out. And I pulled out the piece of paper that had the same number on it. And uh, it was just some laughter and some tears and that kind of stuff. And before we could let doubt creep in or anything else, we said we'd better be obedient and wrote that check immediately and put it in. But I guess the key part that I'd want to share is that was, that was a three-week journey of prayer. That wasn't a um, hear that vision initially and God put a number on my heart and we had to move from there. It was seek God out, um, both together, my wife and myself, and then independently. And God speak to each other and confirm that through each other to see that, that piece of obedience come together. And it really didn't matter what the amount was. Um, of course, it's an amount that cost us something. It's a sacrifice. Um, but it was the obedience piece of it that, um, that we feel God was calling us to. 
Listen, that is just one of a number of stories we've been capturing and we'll be incrementally uploading online. And so I really encourage you to take time to go to heritageqc.com forward slash bold dash moves to, to see more of these stories, to, to engage with the frequently asked questions and just get more involved in the conversation that we're having. See, I want you to hear and understand how God's moving among his people. This is not, this is not my thing this is not the leadership team's thing. This is God's thing. And we're just trying to stay in step and move obediently with him, to hear him and obey him. But in order to do that, it will take all of us. It will take every campus. It will take every individual and family stepping into their next bold moves. It will require equal sacrifice, but not equally giving necessarily because we don't all have the same resources, but we are positioned to all sacrificially give. And the idea of sacrifice is that we forfeit something that we love for something we love even more. And as we each take our bold moves, we're positioned to more effectively and more fully live into the vision obediently that God's called us into. And the more resources we can raise, the more effectively we can do that. And we can even eliminate our existing mortgage. Look, on the way in today... Within reach of where you sat would have been a card, next bold move card. I encourage you just to go ahead and grab that right now. We as a church family have been in a process of praying. I've asked you to talk to God for weeks. Just begin that conversation asking him how he wants you to engage. And, and this card is one way to begin to declare how he is asking you to partner in this next season. To declare that you're all in into chasing obediently after God's purpose for us. And the ways to partner on this card are by prayer, by gift and kind, by financial commitment, but also connecting, getting the right people in the conversation. And, and we need to know what God has been saying to you as a leadership team so we know what we can facilitate. And the invitation to commitment is to make a declaration for this year, for 2017. What is God asking you to do? It may be a monthly commitment, maybe a one-time gift, maybe something quarterly. Whatever God is asking you to do, I'm asking you to simply listen and obey. And this card is one way to begin to declare how he's asking you to engage in this phase one journey for us in 2017. There's an online option available at that same website that I gave you before. But I want to take a moment now to move us into a time of consecration. When Joshua invited the people of God to step into their next, he said this. He said, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. We have an opportunity to do the very same thing, to consecrate ourselves, to step into the water and allow God to go before us. So we have an opportunity to make our own bold moves, and I want to do it in three specific ways. Communion, the card, and a stone. Communion is going to be first, and that's just the opportunity to consecrate ourselves, and I'll talk a bit more in a moment about that. The second has to do with this card, and we're going to have an opportunity to, to physically move and to declare our next bold move. Pastor Justin's going to come in a few moments and invite us to do that, but when he does, the opportunity will be to, to stand and move to one of the crosses at your campus location, and to lay this card at the foot of that cross in a declaration of being all in, that you're taking your next bold move. And for some of you, that next bold move will be to step into relationship with God through Jesus because you've never done that before. You've navigated the crossroads by heading different directions, and, and you know he's calling you to relationship through his son. And so today you can choose that, and at the bottom of the back side of your note guide are simple steps in a prayer where you can step into relationship with God through Jesus, and that is your next bold move. But for those of you who have already made that decision, some of you, some of you have navigated those crossroads 
and not handled them well. You've chosen your own comfort. You've gone your own way. You've chased the things of the world. So today, the declaration is to say, Lord, I choose your kingdom over my comfort. I declare your authority again in my life, and I'm all in. But then there's the third reality of this card, that there's a corporate peace, an invitation for us as a church family to step into our next bold move and to declare the partnership realities that God's asking you to partner in. And if you're ready to do that, today's the day. If you've done it before, not quite ready, but you're all in, go ahead and mark down, I'm all in and I'm working through the details. But we're gonna take part in communion, we're gonna take part in the card, and the third part is a stone. In fact, when you come and drop your card at the foot of the cross, you'll have an opportunity to grab a stone like this. It's just a river rock. On one side, we've placed a lacquer so it looks shiny and wet, and the other side, it looks dry. It's wet, it's dry. It's a symbol of our obedience and his faithfulness. It's a recognition that as we step boldly, he honors that obedience. It's our obedience, his faithfulness. Our risk, his response. And I want to encourage you as you drop that card today to grab one of these stones and take it with you. Take it with you as a prayer reminder. Take it with you as a marker, a memorial of this season that we're in. And maybe one day your children's children, you'll be able to articulate to them in this season, this is what we did in bold obedience and this is how God responded. You'll have a chance to do that. But before we do, we're going to take time in communion. Take time to consecrate ourselves. And I can think of very few more natural expressions of, of consecration than communion. Communion is a holy time of worship and remembrance. And we actually are doing five things as we go through communion. It's a step of obedience. It's got Jesus said to do it. But it's also a time for us to remember his life, his death, his resurrection. Beyond that is an opportunity for us to examine our own lives, to consecrate ourselves to him. But then even beyond that is to proclaim his death as we take the bread and the cup. And then finally is a corporate expression where we show our participation in the body. It's not an individual thing alone. So in a few moments, when the communion plate passes at each of our locations, I want to encourage you to reach in. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, as a declaration of these things, to take the cup. In fact, they're double-stacked cups, so make sure you grab two. And then I want you to hold them. I want you to what? Hold them. <laughs> take the cups and hold them, because leaders at each of our campuses will facilitate taking of the elements. If you need gluten-free, they're in the back at your location. But we're going to step into a time of consecration. God has done amazing things among us before. He will continue to do even more as we step in bold obedience. But let's take a moment to pray as we settle into this time of consecration and declaration. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that in the midst of this world, you seek us out by your love. You invite us into relationship through your son Jesus and you give us purpose. And that purpose, Lord, isn't just for us, it's for your kingdom. So I pray as we spend a few moments in consecration and prayer that we would set aside our comfort for your kingdom, that we would forfeit things we love for actually what we love more, and we love you, Lord. So take these moments, prepare us for this time of consecration, and may you continue to speak and lead as we chase you.